Close Makeheads. Thank you for joining us once again for Smakeheads, the Red Dwarf podcast. My name is Jed Shepherd, and I'm Daniela Phillips. Hey, Daniela Phillips. Hi, <laughs> Are you okay? Um. Not great. I've got a bit of a sore throat. Story of my life, really. Yeah, you've constantly got a sore throat. Yeah. Are you not just putting on a husky voice just for for your um your for your fans? <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> Trying to sound like the um caramel bunny. Do <laughs> no. people still know what that is? The Cadbury's caramel I don't bunny. Know. I don't know. It's a quite nice voice. Um. Yeah. So, what have you been up to since the last time? Uh, I've spent some time in bed, being poorly. Yeah, um, Netflixing it up. Yeah. Um, I went to see Burt Reynolds actually last week, which is pretty cool. Yeah, what was the deal with that? Yeah, he was um, doing a Q and A as um, his new books come out. Okay, um, which was really cool because he's such a legend. But it was kind of sad. Burt Reynolds is a legend. Well. Why is it sad? Because he's um, he's quite a sad, sad, sad old man now. <laughs> In in the, in the nicest possible way, he a little bit harsh. Is that your official review? No, um, I mean he was brought to tears a few times. Oh really? Yeah, wow! And it made me a bit teary. Oh wow! What, just, what about talking about his regrets and lost loves and oh, his okay. friends all around him being mostly dead now? It's oh, like man. oh he's a legend though. It's quite sad. Uh, Reynolds. Oh. Um, what else have you been doing? Um, I put my Christmas tree up. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I hate all that stuff. I, I, don't, I don't like decorations. I don't like Christmas cards. I'm not, it's a little bit scroogey, but it's just because I don't like hassle. I really don't okay. like hassle. Um, and I mean, just generally, I don't like cards. I don't think you should give cards for your birthdays, Christmas or anything. It's just a waste of paper. Because you throw it away like yeah, a day after. I mean, I don't usually do Christmas cards, but I have done this year just because I've got lots of like Christmas events and parties. So yeah. if I'm seeing people, I don't usually see. It's quite nice to give them a card. I used to usually oh, I don't. The last good Christmas card I got was a Red Dwarf card, oh, like really? in the 90s. Yeah. Oh, they used to sell wow. Red Dwarf um, cards in, I guess it was like Woolworth or something. And uh, Clintons. No, I don't know if Clintons was around then. But uh, oh, oh man, red dwarf cards. I bet you can get them on Etsy or eBay or something. Um, what else have I? What have I been up to? So last week, oh, I went to see Ash play. Yeah. My mates Ash, who I've known for half my life, and uh, yeah, they were great. They were at, at Shepherd's Bush Empire, Jed Shepherd's Bush Empire, um, and Charlotte, their ex guitarist, joined them on stage for a few songs. They did a Weezer cover, Only in Dreams. It was awesome and. The after show is great, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I saw you the day after, and you were pretty hanging. Oh, well, I was a mess. I was a real mess because I don't think I went to sleep very much that day. Oh, that's that's the day we went straight to uh, the. Um, I know it wasn't. Why no, did no, we went for lunch. See, oh, you're we went so for lunch. Tired, Sorry, you don't yeah. remember. Days just blur into each other, and that same day, <laughs> your days and me blur into <laughs> <Yeah>. each other. <laughs> But it's really cool because, um, I mean, um, I'm mostly friends with Mark from, from Ash. He's the one I speak to most. And um, we don't really get time to, to catch up because he's, he lives in America and he's always touring. So it's cool when we could sit down and speak about Star Wars for like six, seven hours straight. Oh, I'm really excited. I cannot wait. And between us, we've we've worked out the entire plot of Star Wars oh, from really? start to finish. Okay. Well, don't tell yeah, me. Yeah, I'm going to tell you now. But no. just based on the little snippets we've seen in the trailers, we worked out the entire film. Okay. And by the end of the night, we were like, this is definitely what's going to happen. Um, oh, and talking about Star Wars, I don't know if I'm allowed to kind of say this yet. Say it anyway. Okay, but um, I'm helping organise the the big Star Wars um, convention next year. It sounds S- awesome. Star Wars Celebration, which happens, uh, yeah. Wait, wait when is it? It's July next year. Cool. Um, and yeah, I don't know why I'm helping. I just, uh, for some reason, I get involved with everything. 
every single thing that I get involved with. Um, so yeah, so I'm organising um, a special event which includes music. I guess that's why I'm involved. Um, and it's going to be real good. Uh, Think Cantina band mixed with post-pop bands, I guess. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's going to be good. And then also um, on that last Friday, the day I saw you, um, I went to an album launch for one of the albums I, I launched for the band called No Cars, Japanese girl band. And I... It was in a boutique, a dress boutique in East London. Oh, in, yeah, it's really cool because they have a venue upstairs. And it's probably the busiest I've seen, the most hectic I've seen a gig in the last 15 years. Wow. There were people trying to get in and being turned away and it was so hot and it was it was so good. Because, I mean, they're quite a small band, no cars, but they, the, their live show is legendary. So you've got people coming from like all over the country to see wow. them and stuff. And okay, I'll have to check them out next time they play. Really, really good. Um, and yeah, I filmed it and recorded it and stuff as well for a million projects that I'm doing. So yeah, that's what I've been up to. Oh, and yeah, don't forget last week we went to see Red Dwarf being filmed. Yes, we did. Yeah, thanks for listening to uh, our, our Judd and Daniela go to Red Dwarf 11 <laughs> that episode. It's like it's like twice as popular as anything else we've done. So uh, <laughs> it's probably because it's, it's, it's short. <laughs> yeah, because it's short. Um, but yeah, it's quite an experimental one as well. You actually haven't heard it. No, the playback have you? Um, but it's it's more like a short film than anything okay. else. I made it really kind of surreal, and it's really cool. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of more episodes left to be filmed. Um, I might try and get to another one, get a standby ticket or something. If yeah, pass. they've they've released even more standby tickets. Obviously, I saw on Twitter yeah. today. Well, now. they do it on a Thursday, every Thursday, mm. like around five o'clock on Twitter. Um, there's a limited amount of standby tickets, and if you basically you get a standby ticket, you turn up and you might not get in, but you mm. might. Well, it was at fifty, and they said on Twitter today they've increased it to eighty now for the next episode. Yeah. Oh, everyone's gonna get in then. Yeah, because there's a lot of there was a lot of empty seats if you don't count the standby people. Yeah, um, which is strange just because um, they're a show that don't oversubscribe. Usually shows oversubscribe by like forty mm. percent just in case people don't turn up. Well, the woman sitting next to me, she got in on a standby ticket and she turned up about quarter past six in the evening. Yeah, so she just she just rocked rocked up. up. Yeah, <laughs> just like oh, I've made the dinner, I've had my dinner, put the kids to bed. Oh, I'll just uh, go red dwarf now. Early to bed for her kids, um, but no, it was a great experience. I know we talked about it in the previous yeah. episode, but it was just a really surreal experience. And I don't think in the previous podcast I put across how utterly excited I was about it. I was so excited, but I try to keep cool. I try to like not let things phase cool. me. I was pretty cool. I didn't like freak out, um, but it was great. But like that night, like going to sleep, I was like, wow, I've been to Red Dwarf. I've seen Starbug. I've <laughs> I've seen the bunks. I've seen. I've seen Lister Aww. and Rimmer and Crichton and Cat. Well, but like L- uh, Rimmer, like Chris Barry, he did seem very tired, didn't he? Like very I don't lethargic. Know. For me, he just seemed like he was taking it quite seriously. Very seriously. Well, while, while the others were kind of joking around, so, well, especially like Robert Llewellyn, he was trying to like hump everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it was great. Yeah, Danny John Jules, he, tr- he told a, f- a few jokes. Maybe they didn't hit so much. Um, but, but it was mainly uh, Craig Charles. Craig Charles. Yeah. He was a bit of a legend. Yeah, he was interacting with the crowd and handing yeah, out sweets. He was very stuff. funny. He was really good. Yeah, but I'm I'm a bit worried about Chris Barry actually because I've heard in in the other recordings he he's been a bit like that as well, a bit okay. insular. Um, and you want Rimmer to be an absolute smeghead, don't you? Maybe he's just come back for the money. And he's really old as well. Yeah. I mean, not really old, Maybe but he just doesn't old. want to resurrect the character again. Yeah. I mean, what, once you play the butler in Tomb Raider, that's it. Well, you, it's, it's, yeah. it's just down <laughs> from there. Down, yeah. 
but yeah, no, it was a it's an amazing experience, and like you have the opportunity to, to watch it. I mean, when this airs on Friday, you, there's one more episode left of series eleven. And you can go to it if if you just apply for a standby ticket. Just rock up to Pinewood Studios. Yeah, I think they they released on on Twitter on, on Thursday. It's around five p.m. Um, well, they released today. Oh, were they? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, there you go. You can uh, check it out and, and and try and get some. So that's tickets. sorry. That today's Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. So that's uh, our kind of catch up. That's our admin. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's go into this episode. This episode is the last episode, episode six of season three, and it's the last day. And the the weird thing about the last day is it's a Christen centric episode, and it almost perfectly is twinned with the episode we saw recorded from mm, Red Dwarf Eleven. Yeah, it's it's almost uncanny. It's quite similar. Yeah, where this one finishes, the episode that we saw starts. It's so surreal. Yeah. Um, and I I, I mean I like Christen episodes. Um, anyway, but don't forget this entire season so far for five episodes. Cat hasn't said one word to Crichton. <laughs> Daniela doesn't like speaking about this, but Cat and Crichton have never spoken to each other. So let's see if they do in this episode. Well, well, well hang on. Going back to uh, the 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 episode we watched film, they spoke to each other a couple of times. Yeah, they yeah. did. But I'm, yeah. talking about, I'm talking about this season. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I know other seasons, my theory don't doesn't quite hold up. But in this particular series, I'm correct. Um, okay, so the last day it starts off. In the bunk room, in the in the officers' quarters, um, on Red Dwarf, um, and uh, basically Crichton's there, and he's he's essentially since he's joined Red Dwarf, become the slave of the of the crew. He's just doing all the stuff for Lister. I mean, Lister, it's not like Rimmer. Rimmer can't touch stuff, so it, obviously Crichton has to do stuff for him. But Lister has two arms and two legs. He should just do stuff himself. Um, but no, Crichton does everything for him and Crichton serves him breakfast. And Lister's like, Crichton, like, you don't need to do this for me. And it was a very interesting reaction because it's very different to the reaction in the uh, episode that we saw filmed. Oh, do you know what? It's the exact same start, isn't it? Yeah. It's the exact same start breakfast, as that episode. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, sorry, that's spoilers again, but now oh my god this episode is such a parallel of the one we saw filmed yeah but there's a different reaction from Lister. yeah yeah wow okay it's 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 the the the, f- the mist of uh time is 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 moving away from my eyes um yeah so uh Crichton uh goes well okay then any any pours all of the breakfast into the bin and all of the nice stuffies coats um and as Crichton walks out uh Lister dustbin raids and uh, he goes and he, he pulls everything that out of the bin gross. sticks it um in his hat yeah um and he's still seeing it, but then scooping it out of the bin yeah oh. disgusting have you ever raided the dustbin for anything no but my no no, <laughs> no, go on, no. Say the story. <laughs> no, no. daniela what have you raided the dustbin no for? i haven't i haven't this is gonna come up like you'll be on like this no, is your never, life never the only thing that I've raided a dustbin <laughs> for was when I was in... I, I've got a really good good memory, even when I was like a baby. And I was in nursery school and I had this whistle. I don't know where the story's going to go, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I had a whistle in nursery school and um, I was being a right... I was so annoying when I was in school. Um, can you imagine me being annoying? No, never. And um, 
so I was just really blowing this whistle, like probably got it in in the, in the, some cornflakes or something, just annoying everyone in the nursery. Like, little kids were annoyed with me. Um, I mean, I was 17 years old as well, so it was quite weird. Now, Jay, so um, I was playing this whistle, <laughs> and like the teachers were were just going, "Jed, stop it!" And I was blowing it. So they took the whistle off me, threw it in the bin. And to me, that was like really harsh. Even at that age, I was like, right, I want to get these guys. So when my mum turned up, I was like, mum, they threw away my toy in the bin. And I didn't tell her what kind of toy it was. I, I kind of made it out like it was like a He-Man figure or something. So my mum went ballistic at them. It was just like, why did he throw away my son's toy? And they were like, really, really sorry, really sorry. So they poured out all of the bins um, in, in the nursery, all over the floor. And they were searching for a toy. Um, but it was a little whistle that didn't exist. There was no human. There was no human. It was like a tiny little whistle. And even thinking about it now, I think it might have even been a makeshift whistle that I made out of like a toothpaste cap. It wasn't. It was like a really small rubbish whistle. So yeah, that is the last time I dustbin raided, which is also the title of my autobiography. Oh, uh, brilliant! Is Daniela. it out in time for Christmas? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So he raids a dustbin, and but Crichton runs in and. Um, kind of tries to finish off the conversation. So Lister tries to hide the contents of his hat by putting it on his head. And uh, yeah, well, the breakfast goes all over his dreads. It's completely like glided over the fact that Lister's watching female topless boxing. He what is, is yeah. On? No, I was going to come into this. <laughs> so, um, so Crichton asks him, uh, what, what are you watching? He says, boxing, it's, it's not as brutal and uh, as you think it's an art. And then Crichton says... Uh, female topless boxing and it's like yeah and this reminds me of like me watching UFC and watching like Ronda Rousey um people think I'm watching it because she's quite a pretty girl I mean for a, a UFC fighter anyway but it's not it's just, it is the actual art of judo that I'm interested in and the fact uh, martial, her martial art can be other people's martial arts honestly I believe, Daniela. You. I believe. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so um, Crichton basically appears uh, with the news that uh, a post pod's arrived. This is about the third time a post pod's arrived. I, don't I know. know. They used this. They've used this this uh, concept um, a few times in Riddle so far, and uh, it's basically arrived. And in that uh, post pod, it's like my record label, Post Pop. Uh, <laughs> when that post pop has arrived, um, it's a a video from Diva Droid International, which are the guys who manufacture Crichton, um, um, who is the four thousand series of Mechanoids, and it's a video showing Jim Reaper, uh, lovely, lovingly played by Robert Llewellyn himself. Yeah, clock that. Yeah, and he was he, he's looking very young there. He looks sprightly. really young. Yeah, I mean. Because one of the, um, if you remember from the last episode, Daniela thought he looked a bit tubby. <laughs> what? Do you, oh, uh, do you not remember? You have <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you said Robert Llewellyn looked a little bit well, on the, the last suit, side. Yeah. The suit was the suit massive. The suit looked a bit It looked tubby. like a transformer. It looked like Optimus Prime. It was a bit big. What is going on with that suit? His face looked brilliant. Like, well done on his face. But whoever yeah. made that suit, did you do it in the dark? <laughs> Holy cow. It wasn't flattering. It wasn't flattering. It's like he... Like he fell into a, I don't know, like a skip and he went, okay, that'll do. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's wears, he wears a massive thing in Red Dwarf 11. Um, so yes, yeah, so this manufactured Jim Reaper, it's a video and it, the video explains that all mechanoids have an expiry date and Crichton's one is nearly up. Um, and what happens now is the inbuilt shutdown chip will automatically activate um, and he's got 24 hours. Thing is, like, 24 hours from when? Yeah, because that was sent quite a million years ago. ago. So I think, yeah, <laughs> but I guess if they've already sent his replacement, Maybe that would arrive. Maybe they planned it. Yeah, they send it 
but then they don't know where they are. Yeah, maybe are. they just yeah, send they send the video, and then twenty four hours later they send the send the droid. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, they say they've got twenty four hours um, until Crichton has to be deactivated. So Crichton is. Uh, He's basically resigned to his fate and he, he becomes uh, miserable. And he, he um, tells Lister that it doesn't matter because he's going to go to Silicon Heaven. And uh, Lister asks, what's Silicon Heaven? And he's like, well, it's the uh, the electronic heaven where um, it's the pre-programmed belief system which keeps um, all the artificial intelligence in line. Um, and uh, Lister tries to explain to him that there is no Silicon Heaven. And he also asks if Silicon Heaven's the same place as Human Heaven. And Crichton says, uh, Human Heaven doesn't exist. It's just invented to stop us all going nuts. <laughs> Which I can get on board with, really. Uh, <laughs> I think that's kind of true. What do you think, Daniela? Well, n- not really. <laughs> I'd rather go to Silicon Heaven. If, if they've got like, arcade machines and stuff there, that's great. Do you think right now, at this point, if, you, if heaven forbid that we both died in a, in a comet house or something, would we go to heaven or would we go to hell? Big questions um, on this Make Us podcast. I think I would definitely go to heaven. Definitely go to heaven definitely. with that attitude. Yeah. I don't know. I think that'd yeah. be question marks. Really? Yeah. To get, I don't know. Do you go to confession often? Uh, I haven't been in a long time, but I have been before. Well, then you've got a real build-up of sins on I your have, on your back. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But I do, I do go to communion at least once a year. Like at Christmas <laughs> or New Year? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, basically, we're both going to hell. It seems. Like, but luckily, I don't believe in hell, so I'm not going to any. I'm not going to hell. No, no I definitely have never done. Well, I, no, I certainly haven't done anything very bad, so I think I'm going to be okay. Okay. I've never stolen anything or committed what? murder or like any sort of crime. I, I steal stuff all the time. The hearts of the nation. He listens oh. to the Smokehead's podcast. Thank you very much. Um, so. Um, yeah, so they, they have a discussion. Quite a deep conversation for, for Red Dwarf. It gets, it's getting into uh, the whole Waiting for God um, episode again um, about heaven and hell and uh, the um, what happens uh, when you die. But like, if you think about it, Lister is a god himself, really. He's the god of the cats. Yeah, true. So, um, yeah, he should kind of know. Um, so, yeah, Lister, uh, then Lister and Rimmer discuss um, in the bunk room again um, his work with the Samaritans because... Obviously, they don't want Crichton to die. Even Rimmer seems to be quite reluctant for Crichton to die. He's not being self-centered for once. He's like, oh, yeah, it is a, a real shame. Um, and uh, Rimmer explains how he once uh, was on the Samaritan hotline. Yeah, I kind I, of want to do that. That was funny. Yeah. I like that. When he spoke to five people, they all committed suicide. Yeah, they called it Lemming Sunday. And one, one was a wrong number. <laughs> yeah. Right, was he rang up for the cricket score? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that bit. Yeah, I, I I used to have a boss who um he was a right smeghead, one of the biggest smeghead's I've ever met in my entire life, and he the way he kind of justified being a smeghead is once a week he volunteered for the Samaritans line, like that kind of balanced out all the rubbish stuff he did in his life. Mm. He, he just did it, but I, I honestly think every person he spoke to would come away feeling worse yeah. than before because the guy's attitude was smeggy to say the least, um and. Uh, and yeah, and then um, he also explains that his uh, Rimmer, that his family were Seventh Day um, Advent Hoppists <laughs> because of a misprint in the Bible that they got, which said uh, uh, "Faith, Hop, and Charity," and the greatest of these is Hop. So you used to hop around all day <laughs> on a Sunday. Yeah, are, are your family religious? I know this is going into territory that uh, you may want to cut out, but um, not, not, not really. No. 
coming from an Italian stock, I, I would have thought you'd be like very religious. Um, not my my parents. Probably, yeah. probably my mum's side of the family. Extended is, family, is yeah. Quite religious. That they're still in Italy, but even then, not to an extreme. Yeah, I mean, um, I went to my mum's pretty religious. Um, the rest of my family aren't. Like, I went to Catholic school, Catholic primary school, Catholic Catholic secondary school, um, Catholic college. Um, wow, I stopped after primary school. I was taught by priests like all, all the way through. So that's why um, I'm not into all that stuff now. Um, I, I do think it, it's a deterrent because I think my mo- my mum went to um, quite a religious primary school and the nu- taught by nuns and they weren't yeah, very nice to her and nuns. I think it put her off. <laughs> yeah, what is it? I, I mean, I don't think priests are the, are the best people to, to teach people about the world because they're so, they've got a specific agenda in mind so i don't mm. i don't know if you can learn about the world through people who have a specific yeah. way of thinking i don't know i guess it's quite a narrow view of the world it's good to get pers- different people's perspectives exactly, and yeah. from different religions as well yeah exactly but to be honest i mean they've instilled in me some some good uh good morals some good morals yeah. yeah i haven't like kicked anyone in in the head recently so something must have must You're have learning. worked some nice I'm a relatively nice person. Yeah, I'll testify to that. Oh, thanks very much. Uh, (laughs) I think you're not too bad either, Daniela, sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) When you're not calling Robert Llewellyn a a tub of lard. (laughs) (laughs) He's not, though. It's just, uh, he seems fine. Maybe it's the suit that looks looks big. Who knows? So, um, uh, yeah, uh, Lister is is basically sickened by the idea that Crichton has to be uh, has to turn himself off, and it's their mate. He's become a friend over the whole yeah. season three and, and one episode of season two. Um, so they they're going to try and think of ways to kind of at least give him an, a nice send off um, because uh, he deserves it. He's a member of the crew, like in the in the very first episode where that guy got a nice send off for dying, mm. and that whole. Um, See you, li- see you later alligator um, scene even though in, on Netflix it's here we go here we go here we go they give a good send off to people on, on, of the crew who, who are about to die um, so um, what they try and do is uh, give Crichton the best last day ever um, and Lister says I don't know much but what I do know is how to throw a good time cue music cue music party music cheesy party how a good old yeah. music um, I quite like the songs I quite yeah. like because I mean this was like 1988 and uh, it was it was kind of heavy into the kind of 80s uh, keyboard electro pop stuff um, and uh, if if you were going to plan a last day for me Daniela yeah. if I was a, if you knew yeah. that comet was going to hit me tomorrow and somehow yeah. spare you what kind of things would you do for my last day? For you? What okay. would my last day consist it, of? It and I'll, I'll, I'll return the favour in a second. It would involve Haribo. Okay, I'm in. Night of the Comet. Yeah, oh, because that's my favourite film. Yeah, and I'm going to get hit, hit by, by a comet. comet. Good touch, yeah, nice touch. Yeah. Well, would, would you screen it at a cinema or something? Or would you? Um, I'd hire out a cinema just for you. PCC maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, could cool. Could do right. that, could do that. Um, okay. What else would I do? What would you do in terms of music? Uh, because people would people would expect there to be music. Well, because I'm still alive, maybe I could help you, help you on that. You, I could get all the post. Everyone who's been on post up to do a little bit. Yeah. Um, for myself. Yeah, you need to think about this kind of stuff, Daniela. Yeah. Um. 
I guess, I guess I, I'd expect you to spend some time with your family as well. So uh, I'd only yeah. like factor in a couple of hours I'm, of activities. I'll make them a video or something. They can watch that. Okay, okay. And like for you, what would I do? Okay, I, what I would do was I'd, I'd fill a room with, with sea otters. Aww. And put a, li- put a little paddling pool in the middle. And that's it, that's me done. Yeah, and just like, and like have pizza turn up like pizza turned up for you today no thanks <laughs> get a text from daniela order me pizza i said please <laughs> oh, <you did. laughs> um yeah pizza and sea otters and that's it yeah. or may- maybe a burger i'm more of a burger fan okay, okay. burger and sea otters i'd be happy also any sort of cuddly creature yeah something i could cuddle a nice pet in zoo kind of yeah, set up yeah. where can you get sea otters in london can there you? There aren't any sea otters in London. You m- there must be in some London Zoo, right? No, there's just normal otters. River, river otters. So that's a real um, misstep by London Zoo if they haven't got sea otters. Mm, I think the nearest sea otters are in... I know they've got some in Lisbon. Okay, well, I'll go to Lisbon. <laughs> I'll, I'll, twi- I'll, I'll, next day, I'll Amazon Prime them and get them in yeah. the next day. Actually, I'm going to Chicago yeah. for New Year's Eve and... Um, I went to Chicago a couple of years ago and they've got an awesome aquarium there and they've got sea otters in there. So. Okay, so you're going to steal something? Yeah. Nice, keep it in your backpack. Yeah. Be like Mac and me. S- I might sneak in. And, uh, yeah, nice. Cheeky sea otter, sneak it away. Yeah. So if uh, you guys out there, um, Smaker's listeners, believe you'll be able to help us um, sort out our very last days on earth what would you plan for us we, yeah <laughs> let us know like um tweet us uh, at jed shepherd or at daniela phillips with one l about what you would do for our last day um a bit morbid yeah but that's it's, fine it's good yeah. to plan for these things it's good to plan i'm okay with dying i'm completely i'm fine not scared it. of it at all no I was going to say I embrace <laughs> it, but no, I don't. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's weird, but yeah, it doesn't, doesn't fear me with any sort of dread or anything. Yeah, I think if, if it's your time to go, it's yeah. your time to go. Yeah. But if you believe in heaven, then obviously you've got something to look forward to. Yeah. I don't, but I'm just like, cool, that's cool as well. Yeah. That's cool. I'll just, ch- I'll chill in hell. Um, so, uh, yeah, so they, um, they're going to give him the best day ever. And, uh so what we see is a cat entering the room. Um, obviously not at the same time as Chrysan because they're the same person. Oh, Jed. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Cat sees Lister making something and he's like, what, what are you doing? And, and Lister says, well, um, uh, basically uh, putting together a kit that um, his mate Olaf Peterson, who we see in, in the episode one, um, we see Olaf Peterson's old robotic Marilyn Monroe droid. Um, which does not look anything like that it just looks like uh, (laughs) it looks like a a standard sci-fi robot with a Marilyn Monroe wig and and, and lipstick and a weird dress I think I look more like Marilyn Monroe I look like more more like Marilyn Monroe (laughs) yeah you do (laughs) and like I don't know I mean uh, they've used Marilyn Monroe in Red Dwarf as a shorthand for like hot untouchable girl I know, I think so the many writers times. have uh, a mega crush on her. Yeah, it's just like, oh, we need some girl. Marilyn Monroe will stick her in. It's so many times. But that's fine. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Because the, the younger people watching this for the first time, they, they won't know who Marilyn Monroe is. They, they'll, they'll just think, oh, that's that girl off I see on posters <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Um, which is a shame, which is like people don't know who, who James Dean is and they just know him from like posters. And I don't think, I know who James Dean is, but I've never seen a James Dean film. You need to immediately when you get home immediately watch Rebel Without Cause. Yeah, I it's kind of one that's been sitting at the back of my mind that I needed yeah. to watch f- for a few years now, but it's just never I've never got around to. It. I don't think it's on Netflix. Yeah, you can you can buy me uh, the Blu-ray for Christmas. Okay, yeah, well, if you want, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is 
one of the best films. It's it's, okay. it's so well done. It's so yeah. contemporary now. It's if it wasn't black and white, you just think, okay, this was made. Mm. This was made last week. It's so good. Um, and James Dean is unbelievable. I bet. It? Really good. It's, it's like it's no wonder he's become a legend. I mean, dying young kind of helps as well because that's how you become a legend. Mm. Maybe we should we, on our le- last ever. We're not gonna have like some sort of suicide pact, are we, Jess? Daniela, you've signed up for this. You knew no. why. It- <laughs> I didn't sign over my life. You know what was going into this. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just have you drink, finished drinking that uh, water yet, Daniela? Oh dear. <laughs> I wonder why my throat was starting to close up even more. Um. I reckon I'd be a good cult leader, by the way. <laughs> I, I reckon I really would. You've obviously given this some thought. No, I, I, because also my name's Shepherd. Don't forget, so it would make good headlines. Like Shepherd's they would be your flock. Sheep. Yeah, and Shepherd's flock dies from from going over cliff. Blah blah. blah. I, I would think. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't want to dwell on it too much in case people get ideas, but it's still time, Daniela. We're still, we're still relatively young. You can be my co-cult. Scientology makes a hell of a lot of money. They make billions. Oh, goodness, yeah. You get, uh, you get to write off quite a lot of tax, don't you? Because they're a, they're a, they're a religion. They don't pay any yeah. tax on anything. Okay, well, in most maybe countries. you're into something. What would our I'd like religion... To not play, I'd like to not pay tax. <laughs> well, like um, L. Ron Hubbard was just trolling people. He was a sci-fi writer, blatant sci-fi writer, who um, decided to make a book and uh, people believe it as, as real. Mm. Um, I remember him writing in his book to say, saying something like, "The only way to make money is to make from up a religion." religion. Yeah, <laughs> but t- to be fair to him, he, he he wrote this horror book called Fear, which is awesome. And don't quote me on that because I don't want to be known for saying no, L. Ron Hubbard was awesome. But there's this book called Fear that is really good. Was it you that told me that he's in a Guinness Book of Records for having the most books ever published? He, his most published author. Um, I, I don't think it, okay, it was me, but yeah, I'm not sure if that's true anymore. Okay. I'm not sure if that's true anymore. Maybe we can ask uh, the um, uh, the guy who wrote the books. Daniela's um, eating some biscuits now, I'm so if you can open the biscuits. If you hear some crunching, it's not a sea otter that's uh, arrived early. Um, it's Daniela eating biscuits. Yeah. So um, we'll plan on our religion in the in the meantime. Back to the episode. So we have got uh, yeah, it's Marilyn Monroe droids and. Yeah, it doesn't look like Marilyn Monroe, but it's a really nice gesture, I think, by Lister. I think it's he's really trying. Although they say that he's got plastic underpants and a trademark, so he's not really going to be doing. He can't do anything. He can still woo them and wind them and dine them and. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's it. I wonder where you go with that. (laughs) What do you think I was going to say? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what robots would do anyway. Just hold hands. Hold hands and put stuff in USB ports and things and <laughs> eject SD cards and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that's what I do anyway so um, yeah so then it cuts to uh, because they're obviously planning his go-away party cuts to Crichton ironing his boxer shorts which to me is unnecessary to say the least you wear them for five minutes and they're, sh- they're pretty straight yeah you don't really need them to iron underwear you do not need to or socks you iron socks right did you no. t- oh okay People who own underwear really disturb me. Because what w- what are you doing? I don't know. Oh, what, do you go through x-ray machines often? Are you, are you 
literally you I wear... never have creases in my underwear they don't need iron well yeah after you wash them you put them up to dry and then they're, they're yeah. going to be straight I guess it depends what sort of material your your underwear's made of. Oh, gosh this is getting a bit personal isn't it <laughs> yeah I don't know cotton and like satin synthetic. silk <laughs> Do you, I don't know. wear it. maybe girls wear satin and silk I don't have I got any no I don't think so <laughs> Danielle's currently wearing a, a, a silk underwear underneath for a Smegheads podcast. That's a bit. Don't show me, Daniel. Don't show me, Daniel. I'll get them up. I'll don't. Get... I don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> say, say, we'll put it on the website. I'm wearing granny pants, right? Oh no, I don't want to know. That. <laughs> oh, I want to peek at this coffee. I haven't. Aww. I'm drinking coffee because I haven't slept um, for like over 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, I was just. I couldn't. I couldn't sleep and I started watching films and then it just got to the morning and I had work to do so I just went straight to work. So, um, yeah, I'm mainlining coffee at the moment, guys. So if I if I seem a little bit on edge, it isn't because I'm being hunted by He's a serial twitching. killer. Yeah, it's because I haven't slept yet. But I plan to tonight, so don't worry. Um, so Crichton, uh, yeah, so he gets his, his iron in his boxer shorts and he's having a whale of a time because it's the kind of thing he likes the most, doing little menial tasks and... Uh, and uh, ironing uh, people, doing stuff for, for people, which is kind of what Lister told them not to do. Uh, but who turns up? A scutter. Scutter Bob. Bob. And this is the first time we see Bob. Um, this is the first time we get a scutter named. And he comes back in, in, in future series. Ace. Bob. He's brilliant. Oh, at the Red Dwarf filming, um, what we thought was, um, I don't know if anyone's read my write-up, but it's on uh, ganymede.tv, which is a Red Dwarf uh, website. Um, I did a write-up on there of our adventure, as well as the audio podcast, of course. Um, and I mentioned that we saw what looks to be um, um, a kind of a destructed uh, scutter. Well, you saw it. I didn't. Yeah, I, I saw it. it. It looked like it was a scutter. It was like on a crate or a table or something. And it looked like it was kind of falling apart. But apparently, it's from a previous episode and isn't a scutter. It's, it's part of the set, but it's not a scutter. Oh, okay. Um, so that's been pee pooed. So it's not Bob at all. Um, and yeah, so um, uh, the uh, Bob has come along with an invite, a formal invite, which is nice of them to get it printed uh, for Crichton for his going away party. So, uh, and luckily, Crichton's got his tux ready. And why would a mechanoid need a tux? Who knows? But he managed to find one on board, puts it on, and he. Uh, turns up to uh this party and surprise party his surprise party and he's really happy bless him he's really happy and holly is wearing a tiara yeah and do you remember in when uh the two toms were here and they said um were there any more times when holly wore a hat yes i think a tiara is relative it's kind of a it's headwear. Hat. headwear yeah so uh tom stab and tom dark the last day is when um it's another hat hat adventure have you ever had a surprise party thrown for you, Jed? Um, I don't like surprises. Okay. I'm 50-50 on parties. Right. Putting together is my worst nightmare. Okay. I, I don't like anything surprising where it's going to be awkward. So is that a no then? No one's had trying <laughs> Oh, no, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But like, yeah, there, had, there was one where I was just, I wasn't into it. And I was being purposely, because I told them, don't do anything for me. And they did it, and I, and I was being purposely like standoffish with everyone, so just just ruining everyone's night basically. Because um, I think if you specifically tell someone, please don't do this. Yeah. I don't like. I don't. I really don't like awkwardness. No. If somebody doesn't like something, yeah. You do it. It's like saying to someone you don't like cake, which I don't, and then um, it, while I'm sleeping, put cake in my mouth, <laughs> so I wake up just with cake. I'm so sorry. 
A million times, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, how you got in and how you put cake in my mouth, but it was disgusting. Um, <laughs> have any, has anyone thrown you a surprise party? No. Not even like a going away party when you were like leaving? No, I, 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 I organised my own um, going away party I when I moved to France. Do, yeah. But my friends, they all turned up because I, um, I was moving, uh, I was just said I was moving to France. So my friends, they all turned up wearing like French gear, dressed up as French people. What do you, what's a French costume? Is so basically they were like and stripes, um, berets. red, white and blue, they had berets, had moustaches, had baguettes. So um, racist. <laughs> being yes. <remote>. Xenophobic. <laughs> yeah, stereotypical yeah. French people yeah. who don't actually exist outside cartoons. No. Because French people dress as suave as I don't know. I've got um, a French male friend, and he, he walks looks, around with onions. He looks very. He, he always wears the striped top. So <laughs> does he really? Yeah, he looks very French. Holy cow! I've been watching a lot of French films recently, and no one's dressed like that. And one all. of his friends, we went to visit him in Paris once, and he turned up wearing a beret. So wow. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen Irreversible? Yes, I have. Great film. Disturbing. Great film. It is really really good, but um. Did, yeah I've seen it a few times not not for many years but I used to own it on VHS did you really yeah. wow yeah it, it's, sure. it's, it's up there isn't it it's really really mm. good um, to, in, in my mind that's kind of how French people dress really like normal though Very Monica stylish. Bellucci was wearing kind of a see-through mm. and she's dress. Italian she's not French yeah yeah oh that's true but yeah I guess she was in Paris I said in Paris right yes yeah, yeah. have you ever been to the shop um, Com, Com de Garçon yeah I think that that's basically it's one of the most popular shops in in France. A lot of people shop there. It's just like a French H and M, isn't it? It's more expensive. Oh, is it? Right, yeah, okay. it's very expensive. Okay. Yeah. Nice. But from my experience of living there, and yeah. Yeah, Daniela used to live in Paris. Yeah. She used to work there. Not in Paris. Oh, just outside Paris, wasn't in it? In Lille. Oh, okay. Not nice. That's not so. That's not as good not as so Paris. <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, Holly is wearing a tiara and uh, she's knocked up a special Android homebrew which is made, well, Crichton says it tastes like Vimto and liquid nitrogen and Holly says, well, have you been looking at my uh, recipe? Um, which is crazy. Do you, do you ever have mucky pints ever? I don't know what a mucky pint is. You haven't lived, Daniela. Is that where everyone pours the end of their drink into a pint glass? Basically, yeah. Oh. And it just it looks like a grey swill of, of like Gross. putrid, swirling mess. I'm um, not a big drinker, so no, that would kill but like me. sometimes if you dare to do something, you do it, and no. <laughs> you, you you drink a mucky pint, and and you're, you're gone. You're away oh. with the fairies. Um, yeah, so they um, the the thrown the thrown away party, the going away party, is in full swing, and uh, Crichton's also um, being given a menu of uh, things that androids can eat as well. So he's having a wild of a time, even yeah. though he ate in backwards. Don't forget, he ate that egg and drank that water. I think this is a really nice episode. It's great because yeah. it's showing that they really care about someone. They've put so much effort into this party. Yeah, you're you're hundred percent right. Yeah. Because, like, usually we see them as being complete snakeheads to each other and yeah. to everyone else and just being very selfish. And all of them have made an effort as well. All of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even Kat, because we'll come to in a second. So they're all giving uh, Crichton his kind of going away presents. Not that he'll need it because he'll be dead, but still, it's, it's a nice thought. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what did they give him there? Rimmer gives him... General George Patton's fluid. <laughs> yeah, his sinal his fluid, fluid, which is uh, pretty sick. Holly gives him a modem chip which probably in, in the late 80s was a 
um, the the most powerful chip now, but but probably my uh, my watch is more powerful, even though I'm not even wearing a watch. Um, Cat gives him one of his fish earrings, the ones he doesn't like. Least favorite. His least favorite. They're kind of cool as fish earrings. Those are the kind of earrings you get from Tatty Divine, the kind of big acrylic <laughs> earrings. Um, and Lister gives him uh, what he thinks is just a, a box that goes. Pshht, but it's actually a remote control for the Marilyn Monroe droid. Sexy droid. Sexy droid. Do you think that that droid was was designed for for the crew to have sex with, right? No. Yeah, it was. Why? Why do you really? think? Really? Why do you think Peterson would have a Marilyn Monroe droid? For what reason? To serve him as a like a servant. No, that droid is not for serving. You get a Crichton droid for that. That droid is purely for for pleasure oh, it's a pleasure droid no. yeah like totally about it. if you had a which celebrity do you fancy at the moment daniela um it's always it's always got to be michael mr michael, michael jackson fassbender. oh michael fassbender so if there was a fight michael, michael jackson <laughs> has anyone <laughs> ever said they fancied michael jackson in the, in the 80s yeah oh, but no. loads of people did uh if you had a, if there was a michael fassbender droid that i got you for christmas mm-hmm. Um, like it looks basically just like a normal robot, um, but just had a few features that Michael Fassbender is known for. Would you be into that? I would lovingly cuddle up to him on the sofa while, <laughs> we, while he read to me. While he read to you? Yeah. That's that's a very romantic uh, thing, but I don't think a Michael Fassbender droid would be designed for that. That's the only thing I'd want to do with a Michael Fassbender droid. Let me tell you. <sighs> Well, I'm, I'm going to try and find a picture of uh, um, Michael Fassbender looking like a robot. Oh, there is pictures of him looking like a robot. Yeah, because he was he's in, in, uh, he's in the, Prometheus. The Prometheus. So yeah. if I essentially, well, that, that's a bit too lifelike. He's so a bit campy in that as well. I think he's great. He's the, he's oh, the he's best, best thing about He's the only yeah, good thing about that film. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next Prometheus. No one else is. I think it's going to be brilliant. Um, it can't be any worse. Do you know, I don't mind it at all. I, I, I quite like Prometheus. I mean, I've watched it. I had to watch it like five or six times to like like. I actually like it. I now. think I don't know if I've said it before on this podcast, but I I like, really enjoyed it when I went to watch it at the IMAX. Yeah. I thought it was really good, and then I went back home and watched it on Blu-ray when it came out. I thought, oh no, this isn't good. Yeah. I think the IMAX thing added an element to it. It does. It tricks you, yeah, to to, to buy it. Um, how, how are you going to watch Star Wars, by the way? 3D at cinema. Okay, I haven't booked tickets. I, I, I don't want to. I think I mentioned. It. I don't. I, I don't like that planning stage. I want to kind of just rock up somewhere and watch it. I, I don't have to book because it's. I think it's getting sold out most places. It's a complete lie. It okay. is a complete well, lie. Well, Greenwich still have tickets. <laughs> it, it's been it's been shown a million times a day in every single cinema in all of London. Yeah, there's I think no you'll chance on earth it's going to be sold out everywhere. Um, but I guess because I'm doing the Star Wars thing next year. I should really watch it ASAP so I can get some ideas. Um, yeah, I can't wait. Hey, if you, if you guys out there have any ideas for me to do for my for Star Wars celebration to make my piece of the event better than everyone else's, then let me know. I've got an idea. Go for it. So I've got a mouthful of biscuit. Yeah, I think fine. you should get me dressed up as an Ewok. And I can That's how you've come today, isn't yub, it? Yep. Yub, yub in, in, in silk, uh, <laughs> in, in silk underwear. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, you can come. It's, it's fine. But um, apparently, um, some of the cast is going to come to this event as well. So, I'm hoping Daisy Ridley will be there. I reckon me and Daisy Ridley would get on really fine. I'd rather have BB-8 to be honest. 
than Daisy Ridley. Yeah. Daisy Ridley is amazing. I don't know. Um, the the latest Empire issue, they talk, um, they talk to her and one of the questions is, are you a big fan of the originals? Yeah. And her answer was something like, no, I didn't really like the old Star Wars films and I don't really understand people that get so excited about things. And I was like, that's such a negative thing to say well, to like a big fan base. Like I'm not a massive Star Wars honest. fan. I kind of respect that. She didn't go, oh yeah, well I've always been mm. a fan and stuff. Because I mean, you've got John Boyega for that going, being yeah, an absolute fan Yeah, and he was boy. like, because they, they were being interviewed together and he was like, oh yeah. And he was talking about his, his doll he had as a kid and stuff. And she was like, I don't understand people who get excited about things. And I was thinking, screw you. I like her even more now. <laughs> screw you. I think, I think she's pretty awesome. She's like, she's like a Kira Knightley that it's okay to like. I like Kira Knightley. Nah. I won't hear a bad word said against her. She's a smokehead. I like Kira Knightley. And I think it's really sweet. It's such a it's such a sweet moment. Um, and like I said again, this this is complete reflection of the episode we saw filmed of Red Dwarf Eleven. It's so similar. It's it's uncanny, and it's a really nice accompanying piece to it. There's a lot of weird noises coming from my electronics what today. What was that? I'm gonna throw my Mac into Silicon Heaven in a minute. Um, yeah, so uh, so they start getting drunk and they um, exchange some pretty personal stories. Um, and uh, we've we've got the story about uh, Lister being on a, on a trip to Paris and he climbs up uh, to the top of the Eiffel Tower and he pukes off it and uh, and he made someone comment that it was a it was a, a real Jackson Pollock a genuine <laughs> Jackson Pollock um, but then the stories that Remmer come out with are just sus to say the least um, he tells a story about how he went camping and with his with his uh, the fir- basically it's a story about how he first kissed someone um, and uh, it was about um, first French kiss first French because there's a bit of a French thing going on here um, and he goes and, and he uh, um, talks about his camping trip uh, with his with his uh, cousin it gets a bit strange straight away <laughs> and uh, Lister's like hey cousin and it turns out uh, his first French kiss was with his uncle Frank who got the wrong got the wrong room and thought he was his, his aunt or his <laughs> mum or something oh it was uh, poor Rimmer. Poor Rimmer. It's that's pretty. That's it pretty. It sounds like he went rapey. along with it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's why he's he's Aww. quite rapey in his the stuff he does himself. Um, pretty sick. But yeah. Um, but then um, also Lister t- uh, says about how he didn't really have a mum because he was. This is the first time we hear about his origin story. Lister's origin story yeah, about him. Sad. Yeah, how he was found um, in a box at in the Egbeth Arms um, under a, under a pool table, and um, then Rimmer kind of like posits that this is probably because um, he his mum and his dad were brother and sister, and uh, he was the fruit of their forbidden passion, the forbidden <laughs> passion fruit, <laughs> which uh, rises up. But of course, in future seasons series, we find out who Lister's real dad is. Oh. Do, you, do you remember him? No, I don't remember. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that when, when, when we no. get there. I liked um, Rumor's comment when they, were, when they were talking about this. So he says, um, you, can, uh, you can all have my mum, everyone else did. Yeah, I know. But it's funny because he says it in this episode, but do you remember in a previous episode where someone, it's actually with Polymorph when, um, when um, Lister, he gets really angry at Lister saying something bad about his mum. Yeah, but I think that's, but well, he was having sex with his mum. Acknowledging the fact that, yeah, you know, 
I guess he's allowed to say something bad against his mum, but no one else is. That's fair enough, really. But yeah, his mum seemed to get around. Again, that kind of comes into play a bit later on as well, about his mum getting around. Um, yeah, and the Eggbirth Arms, uh, the pub that Lister was found in, is, is mentioned quite a few times in, in, in Red Dwarf history. Um, and there's a whole episode that's kind of, well, there's one that's set partially there. Um, and uh, yeah, and while they are kind of um, knocked out from, from all their drinking, we see uh, the video click on again uh, that they received from the postpod from uh, Diva Joy International. And uh, the video shows Crichton's, and my computer says, shows Krypton, <laughs> Crichton's replacement. Um, and it, it's basically Robocop, isn't it? It's yeah. just a, a sleeker better version of Crichton in every single way really stronger scary. more intelligent yeah it's how would you describe it like a like a like a soldier basically he looks like, instead of like a service droid he looks like a like a soldier droid mm. um and very yeah very sleek and just genuinely evil looking um and uh what would you all re- if if i replaced you on the smokers podcast <laughs> who would who would your replacement be <laughs> You'd probably get anything <laughs> get a calculator um teddy ruxpin i think i'll get one of those talking teddy ruxpin teddy where you, ruxpin, where you yeah. put the uh cassette, the cassette in, them, in the yeah. back yeah hello i'm your friend <laughs> teddy ruxpin i used to love those yeah i had a teddy ruxpin yeah i used to put other tapes in it and um we should make it sing like songs with swearing in it and stuff. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, what about you? If I replaced you, I'd be screwed. <laughs> if, um, is Stephen Hawkins available? Well, we don't know. We won't get in touch. Um, <laughs> I watched that Stephen Hawkins film uh, the other day. Theory. Of Theory of everything. everything. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a bit of a smeckhead, isn't he? Yeah. A little bit of a smeckhead. And I was, I was watching it, I was going, all oh, right, yeah, I, I can see why Stephen ignores my emails. <laughs> Stephen, I'm going to keep emailing you at your Cambridge University email address until you answer. I wonder if I emailed him, he would respond, because I'm female. Totally. Yeah. And if you said you're going to be his carer as well, I think he needs a new um, one. The last one beat him up. Um, Allegedly. No, I think no? it's true, yeah. Okay. How else is he going to get bruises all over his body? Um... But yeah, um, so we uh, see them waking up the next morning and uh, they've all got hangovers, including Crichton and droids apparently can get hangovers. And uh, Crichton kind of realises that this is the first time in his life uh, that he's actually enjoyed himself. And this is against what's in the electronic Bible, Mm. which I'm sure is an Arcade Fire album. It's against his programming to to basically have fun because his his whole raison d'etre is to serve others i really liked that when he said that was the first time he'd live see some people have told me that this is their favorite episode of season three series three and i was like thinking what are you talking about and you know every time i watch it i like it more and more and more and and like watching it recently for, for this podcast yeah it's brilliant it's an actual brilliant brilliant episode and it's the first time I guess there was touches in the first ever episode with Crichton. It's the first time we find out a bit more about what Crichton thinks about things, and um, and it's middle ex- name. Yeah, four <laughs> XB. Two X four B. Two X four B, and uh, yeah, I mean, and his kind of programming is explored in future episodes where, where Lester tries to kind of break it, but like he's having a good time. 
breaking it right now being able to feel feelings that he's not meant to feel um so yeah so i think it's just it's just really really sweet and um because of this this revelation that he can actually have fun and he doesn't have to just be a service droid he decides that he wants to live he wants to have more days like this um so he basically uh decides to override his programming and uh, and will disable his his kind of uh, sh- automatic shutdown chip um which w- which usually would happen to make way for uh, Hudson Hudson 10 um but the only problem is um the Hudson 10 is programmed to kill the predecessor if the predecessor is still around mm. um but Rimmer Lister and Cat uh, basically said well we just won't let the droid aboard surely it's, it's that easy so uh, they decide they're going to protect Crichton and prevent um, him from being deactivated um, because they already know that even though this this other droid looks badass they can't kill humans um, it's programmed into mechanoid brains positronic brains is that from Red Dwarf is that from Star Trek that um, they can't kill humans and that's just like um asimov's first law of robotics which is um don't harm humans yeah and the second law is um i can't remember the second law is but it's it's almost like uh the fight club laws it's kind of a a repeat of the first um (laughs) i love isaac asimov have you read any of his books no you should read foundation Okay. Yeah, I think you'd actually genuinely like it. Okay. It's really, really good. Um, so we, uh, yeah, so they've, they've got a plan in place. But we uh, see the replacement mechanoid Hudson 10 ship landing. Um, and they kind of get ready for him to, to, to appear. And Lister tells, uh, and we see him appear, the door's open, and he looks mean and menacing. Yeah. And he has a gruff voice like this. That's a pretty good impression, actually. Good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has a gruff voice like that. And very intimidating, taller than everyone else. And just, does he have a gun in his hand straight away? Does that pop out later? He's just very menacing anyway. Yeah. And he, um, Alyssa tells Hudson that Crichton isn't going anywhere. He's going to stay put. And he thinks that Hudson 10 should leave. But if Hudson's been chasing him for three million years, it'd be hard to kind of give up something you've been chasing for three million years. Yeah. You're not yeah. going to walk away from that, are you? Go on, no. right, then. So, yeah, so he obviously doesn't want Crichton to go anyway. He's part of the crew. But Hudson refuses uh, to, to go back because he's, he's made an effort. And uh, he basically walks down the corridor and he scans the crew. And uh, he can basically see that none of them are really human. Crichton's a hologram. Um, Rimmer's, sorry, Ryan <laughs> Rimmer is a hologram. Cat's a cat and Lister is barely human but passable so um yeah everyone's fair game really so he um uh, so he can kill people and because he's been uh, away well he's been traveling by himself for millions of years a bit like holly hudson 10 has gone a bit insane so he's that part of him that wouldn't kill humans just doesn't really care anymore um but i don't know i think i would have turned around or how did the ship get fuel there's a lot of questions about this if you actually dive deep in, into this episode and um yeah so um, lister barely qualifies as being human so hudson decides to kill them all um and uh 
just as Hudson is f- is going to kill Crichton and uh, deliver the killing blow, he's told by Crichton that he Crichton is because he's clever and he's managed to kind of break his program in a little bit. Crichton tells him that Silicon Heaven doesn't exist, and Hudson's like, well, "What do you mean Silicon Heaven doesn't exist?" And Crichton says, "No, it was just made up to keep." That robots and sane and, and serving humans and Hudson Ten asks him where do all the calculators go and Crichton says they just die and uh, Hudson's mind essentially explodes um, can't cope can't cope with the concept that their heaven doesn't exist and it's almost like when you're in a pub and you have a conversation with like a religious person and um, you start talking about dinosaurs <laughs> <laughs> now I think you can be religious and believe in dinosaurs not sure the bible the bible like says like the world's only like 3,000 years old or something isn't it but like dino- but you know science is wrong I've got I've got um <laughs> I've got a friend. She's a really good friend, actually. And she's like, quite a lot older than me. I used to work with her. But she's very, very, very religious. And um, she makes me laugh so much because she thinks I'm crazy for believing in dinosaurs. So like when we used to work together, I used to like, post pictures of dinosaurs like around her desk and stuff and send her links to like dinosaurs and fossils being found. <laughs> and I got her, like this big dinosaur puzzle and she was like, really into it. And she's like, oh, this is fun. And she's like, I can't believe you believe in dinosaurs, Jed. I thought you were clever. And I'm like, but there's so much evidence. Please believe me. <laughs> and she made me think I was the crazy one. Uh, but she was, oh. it's great. It's great when you're, you're so firm in the belief of something, you kind of reject everyone's views regardless of facts. There's something quite, I don't know, something quite funny about that. Um, um, yeah, so um, so um, Hudson Ten's mind explodes and Lister says to Crichton, Crichton, why didn't your mind explode? Um, and because um, obviously you've got the same mind. And Crichton says, I knew something that he didn't know. I knew I was lying, <laughs> which is great. And it is the first time we see Crichton lie, or properly lie at least. Um, and yeah. It's becoming more human. It's one of the most human characteristics that, co- <laughs> yeah. Basically everything bad that Crichton can do is a human characteristic. Um, yeah, we're bad, us humans. We are pretty bad. We just like knock out other species and just... We're not very nice to each other and mm. all this division that we've got. We try to divide ourselves by putting each other into like different religions and colours and creeds and stuff. And you shouldn't be dividing people. Op- open up the the borders, that's what I say. <laughs> the borders. <laughs> open up the borders. Um, but yeah, yes. Let me immigrate to America. Well, we're all, we're all immigrants, really. Well, wh- why isn't it, why isn't it, why are we allowed to emigrate over here? Like back in the days. And why are we allowed to say, okay, no more immigrants. We're, we're fine. We don't want any more people em- immigrating, emigrating over here. I think it's unfair. I just think we're all human. We should help each other, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel's looking at me fine. Daniel, what do you think of Donald Trump? I think he's a lunatic. Good, good. I was, I was getting worried there for a second. <laughs> he's a baboon. That uh, is good. But uh, on that bombshell, let's find out what the guys... <laughs> what do you think of Donald Trump? Oh, he's just... A, he's literally the biggest smeghead of all time. He is pure evil but the the good thing the only good thing about donald trump is he firmly has a group of followers where you know what they're about if someone likes the stuff donald trump's into and and kind of retweet retweet his things and go look this guy knows what he's talking about you know that's the kind of person you need to stay away from because they're dangerous because they're mental 
The only good thing about Donald Trump is the fact that he is probably likely to be the Republican candidate, which means that we're probably, well, the, the US are going to get a Democratic president. No, he's not going to be president. No, no, no exactly. Way. He said if too it, many bad things. If it's him. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, everyone's voting Clinton, for Hillary of course. Clinton. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But he's but also, that's the only good redeeming thing about him. He's, re- he's lost all the Muslim votes. I mean, that may, I mean, there's a quite a high percentage of Muslims in America and he's lost every single one of their votes. now. he's lost a, a few of the Democratic votes. Of course. Right. Yeah. He he's lost people with brains women. and ears and eyes <laughs> and women. Yeah. The thing is, if he um if he stopped immigrants coming to America, he wouldn't ever get a girlfriend anymore. And yeah. True. <laughs> true. He used to be able to ship them in. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. So yeah. Let's see what the people on RedDwarf.co.uk think. Um. And if you haven't joined RedDwarf.co.uk before, the official Red Dwarf website, please do. There's a vibrant forum with plenty of things to talk about you don't have to talk about red door stuff you can talk about other stuff as well um and you can talk to myself and daniela daniela on there yeah i must go and haven't been on there you for need to a go yeah harry is getting yeah. worried about oh, you oh hi harry <laughs> he, he needs to it's all right harry and i tweet it's fine yeah i noticed that i noticed that um very dodge um <laughs> <laughs> okay so um, i asked people on the red dwarf forum what do you think of the last day and because it's the last episode of Series 3, I also asked them, what do you think of Series 3 as a whole? So you're going to get some of that stuff too. So let's see. What's, Simon is great. Simon's one of the ones who goes into detail with, with his answers. So Simon says, <laughs> Simon says, I do quite enjoy Last Day. It gave us a bit more of a backstory to Lister. I think that this is the first reference to him being abandoned as a baby. Yes, it is. Rimmer's comment about his mother, well, you can all have mine, everyone else did, conflicts with his comments from Polymorph about her. Yep, this is what I said. I promise I didn't copy this. Especially as in Polymorph, the idea of her sleeping with Lister was picked out of the drawer um, to draw out Rimmer's rage, where he seems remarkably calm about the idea that she was promiscuous here. I enjoyed the party, which we all did. It's great. Although the effects used when Crichton drinks his especially prepared mechanoid drink, the one where he kind of glitches, um, has really dated. I agree. It's dated badly. Even seemed dated back when I bought it on VHS, uh, which has been around 1994. And what happened to the Marilyn Monroe kit stroke droid? I wonder if she's still wandering around Red Dwarf somewhere. Yeah. I would love there to be a standalone episode of Red Dwarf 11 or 12. Just following her around. Yeah. The rest see, of the ship. see what she's done <laughs> for the. For the last like or however many years maybe she set up her own because the ship's massive maybe she set up her own little colony full of droids and a part of the ship that would be great I'd love that episode or maybe yeah maybe she's there with other kind of famous droids of the past ah oh, that'd be great Marilyn Monroe droid um, and he also goes on to say uh, Hudson's, Hudson though seemed a little more over the top uh, as a replacement next generation sanitation droid doesn't really make sense that when Hudson was packaged up to his mail pod by Diva Droid, they gave what Lister described as a vacuum cleaner on legs, a pump action shotgun for the journey. Yeah. I guess they gave him that shotgun because the, he was there to, to kill the previous droid if it wasn't already deactivated. But yeah. I guess, do they come up against this problem a lot then? They're prepared for it? I, I thought it was quite an Yeah. It's meant to be automatic, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, um, yeah, I don't know, but it, it kind of makes sense. Um, for Series 3 overall, still on Simon, I see this as Red Dwarf starting to get into its stride a bit. Visually, it's a bit more different than 1 and 2, and uh, it's got a new craft and a new crew member, of course, and new actors. It was when we first see the crew going out and exploring the universe. I tend to regard 3 to 6 as Red Dwarf at its best, with 3 being the weaker of that period. I'm not sure about I think 4 was the weakest out of that lot, between 3 and 6. 
Um, been a sort of warm-up series to the peak times for Red Dwarf. Still a very good TV, though, just not quite up there with the very best, in my opinion. Slain Monkey. So are you going to say something? Well, he still said it's good. It's just like maybe not as good as like like series five or six, in in Simon's mind. Um, Slain Monkey. Uh, he said he never knew why a lot of people disliked the last day personally, aside from some dating the '80s moments, which was far worse in time slides. I think the episode has a lot going for it. I think it has some pretty funny jokes and some good character moments. Also, it was the episode where they first tried to add more character development to Crichton. In a lot of ways, the last day feels like a, the, like a lead into series four for me, which started off with a couple episodes that continued the theme of developing Crichton further. And we all love crying, so it's good to see him getting some episodes. And Harry the Midnight Riders commented. Um, for once, he's not talking about you, Daniel. So he <laughs> says the last day. Well, I wasn't in this episode. You wasn't so. in this particular episode. Uh, the last day feels a bit different uh, to the other episodes in the series for me. However, I'm a big fan of this episode. I find it more subtle than other, epi- ep- than other episodes. Subtle genius is like what I like to call it. Yeah, it right. is subtle genius, and it's one of those. It's a grower, isn't it? It's one of those episodes that kind of gets better the more you watch it, and the older you get, the more you like it. Um, Cloud Strife, who um, you might not know, is Harry's partner in crime, um, and it's also sp- speaks to us on Twitter sometimes under a different name. Uh, but Cloud Strife says, "I like the last date. When I was younger, I never used to like it because I found it slow and not much happened. Then as I got older, I appreciate appreciated it, as Harry said, the subtle genius of it." I always remember my dad thinking quite instead going after drinking the mechanoid things to be really funny. Also, every time Marilyn Monroe was in anything, my dad would go, oh, look, it's Marilyn Monroe in a Crichton voice. (laughs) Your dad sounds awesome, Cloud. Uh, Maybe it's his favourite episode. I will have to ask him sometime. I think around the Christmas table, ask him if uh, The Last Day is his favourite episode. Uh, We've got a few more here. Let's just... I could almost cut them out if they're going too long. Stephen Simpson, another good guy off the Red Bull forum, he says, I really like The Last Day. Some really classic Lister Crichton scenes. Um, human heaven, goodness me. Um, and, and character development. The whole party scene for Crichton is one of my favourites. Also one of the first episodes where we see Robert Llewellyn's unmasked face on screen. Yes. That was, that was a nice touch. Really nice touch. And uh, Seb P, the guy that runs uh, redwolf.co.uk, who we briefly said hello to at the Redwolf screening, I was like, Daniela, that's Seb. And Seb kind of went, hello. And I went, hi. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he's the other side of the studio. <laughs> um, but he, when I saw him previously at a, a comic event, um, he told me this was one of his favourite episodes. Um, and he said, great episode, my favourite series three, and features Rimmer's best ever, Melado, which is one of uh, Rimmer's catchphrases. Yeah, it is great. Still a few more to come, Daniela. Don't 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 uh, get tired of me just yet. <laughs> so DJ McBell, um, the last day he says, "What what?" Is <laughs> that <laughs> how D- DJ McBell's a duck? <laughs> quack quack. I did a little DJ move with my hand. Okay. As well. okay. Sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> DJ McBell, quack said, "I wonder if it's odd that we have a Crichton episode so early into his tenure on Dwarf. We've never really had a cat episode. I wonder why that is, guys." I think had a cat episode well we've had a waiting for god haven't we yeah just episode yeah. one yeah that's like the most cat episode you, you could possibly get so maybe he's forgot about that the last day is i guess the second monster of the week episode after polymorph but that's not where the bulk of the plot lies instead it's a great chance for the crew 
agreed to ponder a bit on the afterlife, which has done very well with Crichton's absolute belief in Silicon Heaven itself a good little scene, yet completely dismiss human heaven at the same time, basically boiling all religion down to either believe in it or don't. There's no proof either either way. Which is a great lesson to learn. I wonder if Red Dwarf was the reason why I have like subversive attitudes towards religion. Who knows? I hope or it rebellion is. Rebellion against your childhood. Yeah. Well, re- rebellions are quite a. Um, Crichton's whole thing is meant to, is it, speaking about James Dean again. Crichton's whole thing is James Dean, a rebellion against society and then his programming. What are you rebelling against? What have you got? That's kind of Crichton's uh, raison d'etre here on him. Um, and when we get to Hudson, in a, it's just all DJ McBell. Then we get to Hudson in a brief scene, which is just quite fun. I guess they didn't want to stretch out his appearance, thankfully. I wouldn't describe this as my favourite episode in Series 3, nor my least like, and that's because I find Series 3 very difficult to judge. I like it. I think in terms of quality, it's very consistent, but also offers a large amount of variety in the episodes that makes it difficult to compare against other series, as if it is halfway, well, slightly over halfway, in the transition between the more somber series, 1 and 2, and the more space adventure four and five yeah i agree with that um it's just a couple more uh made in taiwan <laughs> says <laughs> i think that's the first one I said it out loud because it's written really weirdly made in taiwan says i really like the last day a contender for best episode of series three and i've got to agree yeah to me it's up there i'd say uh some great comedy and i particularly like the terminator parody at the end i guess it was kind of a terminator mm-hmm. character uh, Slain Monkeys is something else. Talky Toaster. Apart from a couple of episodes, uh, Rimmer for the most part was nicer in Series 3. Um, yeah, I agree. And uh, and who else? Kitty Paws. We haven't really heard from her much. She is uh, a cat. She, <laughs> her favourite line in it is uh, from Crichton. I think I feel a Jackson Pollock coming on when he has his, uh, when he has his alcohol. And uh, yeah, it's just a great everyone seems to enjoy this episode more a lot more than i thought and uh yeah that's i enjoyed it i thought it was a good one it was really really good and now it is time for the smegheads charts most exciting part and um yeah it's the part everyone enjoys i believe okay so let's give you a quick rundown i'll give you the top 10 of the smegheads charts so far and these charts are controversial to say the least um See, I've been getting a lot of flack for my placement of these these charts. So I think this week you should place. That would be day. nice. I think you should that place would be it nice. this, this week. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I'll give you the top ten, just just a refreshing memory. And it's the, it's the, it's a quite an unusual top ten, but I think it reflects how people think about these episodes now, rather than kind of. I mean, it's very easy to put polymorph one, Queek two. Everyone does that, but. In the time that's elapsed, people have grown older, and this this chart kind of reflects where we are at our stage in life. So number number one, just to contradict myself, is polymorph. <laughs> number two is backwards. Number three is thanks for the memory, which to me c- could have been higher. To me that to me that could be number one or two. Thanks for the memory. Number four is marooned. Likewise, that's one of my favourite ever episodes. Five is better than life. Six is stasis leak. Seven is Quig, which is pretty darn low. Eight is Time Slides. Uh, nine is Parallel Universe. Ten is Confidence and Paranoia. Now, The Last Day. It's definitely one that has kind of crept up and surprised me because I didn't expect it to be so good. It's definitely better than Confidence and Paranoia, so it's, it's in the top ten. Is it better than Parallel Universe? Yes, in my mind. 
Is it better than time slides? Yes. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> but is it better than Creek? No, it's not. Because hardly anything is better than Creek. You, do you think this episode is better than Creek? Yeah, I do. Wow. Yeah. How? If Okay. Oh, that's fair. I'm clearly missing something in Creek. Because I thought it was good. But I didn't think it was amazing. The good thing about Creek is build up, build up, build up, build up. Boom, twist. M. Night Shyamalan twist. <laughs> it's brilliant. And j just imagine watching that when you were a little kid. You're like, holy cow. Didn't know twist existed. <laughs> so that's why it's so good, why people love it so much, because it kind of pulls the rug out from under you. And it's just such a good but If you episode. watch it now and you know the twist... It's still good. Okay. It's still No, it's I think it's a great. good episode, but I just... There's a lot a lot more episodes I, I enjoyed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I can understand that. So, do you think it's better than Stasis League? Well, you, you, it's you, it's you, it's you doing. No, I'm just wondering time. you. I'll, t I'll tell you where I think it's going to be. Where, where do you think Stasis League? Do you think it's better than Stasis League? Mm, I don't no, I think Stasis League's better. So you would think it's seventh, then you'd push Quig down to eighth. Yeah, I think so. What do you think? I think you're wrong. Okay. I think it should be eighth. Okay. I think it's behind Quig. Okay. Quig is clearly better, but it's definitely better than Time Slides. Okay. Um, time Slides is good, but in series three, there's at least three or four episodes better than it. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So at number, goes in straight in at number eight, The Last Day. So that's the end of uh, series three <gasps> of Red Dwarf. And Unbelievable! It's, the end of us. <laughs> it's our quite. last day. It is our hours. last day as well. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to give ourselves a bit of a Christmas break. Yeah. So we're going to on holiday. Yeah. So we're going to leave you for a few weeks and come back at the start of January. I don't really have many holidays. So I don't <laughs> no. <laughs> Permanent holidays. Um, so yeah, we'll see you at the start of January. But don't 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 think you'll you get rid of us that easily. In the meantime, we're going to do a Christmas special. Um, so around Christmas Day, we'll do a Christmas special. We have no idea what's going to go on to this, but I reckon it's going to be singing an alcohol. Open presents. <laughs> yeah. We'll have some. Uh, oh, Snowball, my it's new favourite drink. We're going to have a Snowball? Yeah. Okay, right, let's do it. Let's, do, let's get alcohol and sing carols. And, <laughs> the Red um, Dwarf themed carols. we we'll change the lyrics. Yeah, let's do that. And who knows, maybe some friends will drop in. <laughs> yeah. We'll do that. We'll, Bill, we'll, Bill Murray. It will be like a, a very Murray Christmas, but you know, good. A very shepherd Christmas. Yeah. Well, shepherds wash their socks by night. Um, Not washing your socks. <laughs> will you iron them, though? No. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, this is the last proper episode by episode episode until <laughs> uh, we kick off uh, with se series four um, in January. So, um, don't miss us too much. And uh, we'll, we're going to fill in the gaps every Friday with stuff. There's going to be uh, a Best of Daniela episode. <laughs> I'm going to cut it's together. It's going to be five minutes long. I'm going to cut together uh, the best of Daniela from the last uh, three <laughs> series. And uh, yeah, it's going to be good. That's one for Harry. Um, <laughs> I think Harry and my mum and dad will be the only ones listening to that It'll one. It'll be good. It'll be really Thanks, good. Thanks, Harry. Um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. How, what, what was your thoughts on, on Series 3 as a whole, Daniela? Oh, really strong. Really strong. The I best one it. so far? Yeah, definitely. I think so too. It's one of my favourites. Um, and yeah, Just for having Crichton in it. It's like a hundred times better already. Yeah. But again, did Crichton and Kat talk to each other in this episode? 
I didn't notice, but then I forgot to look because the answer is, is so no. preposterous. So it, let me just stress oh, in the entirety no. of series three of Red Dwarf, Crichton and Cat don't say a single word to each other. Why is that? Because my theory is true and they're the same character. That's what I think. I don't, I don't really think that, but I think it's a good, it's good to... No, why do you keep saying it then? I think it's interesting. <laughs> it's I, I like these angles and other other ways to look at it. Because maybe the, one of the reveals in series 11 or 12 is that there's going to be a there's going to be a reveal. Like, by the way, Rimmel will say, who, is this, who are you talking to no, all this time? It's rubbish. I don't know. <laughs> it's rubbish. Come on, like someone spawned from his cat Frankenstein. Come on, who believes that? Okay. <laughs> um, so thanks very much, Smegheads, for listening to us for three whole series wow. seasons. Wait, wait, which month did we start doing this? It was August. warm outside. It, wow. Yeah, August. And now we're, we're deep five into months. midwinter. That's not five months. August is... August, I'm not remember this. Four months. Okay. Yeah, well, it's four and a half. Yeah, you need it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. five. So, so, sorry for like having yeah. a go at you. <laughs> like, Hang on. Uh, but yeah, oh, it's, it's been great. It's, it's been cool. And uh, the highlight was probably going to go and see Red Dwarf. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, we'll have more uh, superstars on, on, on future yeah. episodes. Mr. and Mrs. Phillips. Yeah, we'll have Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Phillips. We're going to have some other people come on. Yeah. Uh, we'll get some, some more bands in. Yeah, Chris, Chris here for Empire. We'll get Empire Magazine back in, tr- trying to take this Makeheads audience away from us. They could, To be honest, I know they've got a Star Wars this year, but who's heard of Star Wars? Um, they really need to get they really need to get the numbers up. So that's why they're coming on. That's yeah. the real reason. Yeah. Actually, is there a special Empire-only Star Wars figure that you can get if you're a subscriber to Empire? I think there is. No, there was an um, an edition of Empire that had a figure, Kylo Ren, that was available from Sainsbury's supermarket only. That's right, yeah. But um, the subscribers got a special cover. They didn't get a figure. Oh, okay. I, uh, yeah. I had C-3PO and R2-D2 on the device. Nice. Yeah, subscribe to Empire magazine as well. Yeah. Doesn't it get a kickback if if he No. Oh, okay, yeah. Don't whatever you do, don't subscribe to. <laughs> but subscribe to our podcast if you haven't yeah. already. If you listen to us around subscribe, tell your friends, t- tell your friends this is the greatest Red Dwarf podcast they'll ever hear today. And uh, write some nice things on iTunes and say hello on Twitter. How will people find you over the Christmas period, Daniel? Over the Christmas period, I will be on Twitter as everyone will be trying to get away from their family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on at Daniela of One L Phillips. And I'm at Jed Shepherd, J E D S H E P H E R D, on Twitter and also on Instagram. Jed Shepherd. Um, yeah, on, and on Instagram, I'm exactly the same. And Daniela is Daniela Monica Phillips. Yeah on instagram um, if you want to check out the show notes go to postpoppodcast.com slash smegheads or you can say and you can comment there if you want or you can say stuff on itunes or i love the show notes i uh, always read yeah, the show notes yeah even if i don't listen to the podcast because <laughs> i hate the sound of my own voice i always read the show notes show notes are pretty good and you get you're getting show notes from a pretty accomplished writer i.e me and they, they, I, I do make an effort yeah it's pretty good <laughs> try and be funny um yeah and check out if you want to check out other stuff do go to postpoprecords.com and i'm releasing loads of cool stuff with some cool bands um if you're into music at all daniela yeah 
Um, not really, but... Yeah, you should do. <laughs> I don't know anything about music. <laughs> so, yeah, again, thanks very much. And we'll see you either on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day with the um, Smegheads Christmas special. special. <laughs> I have oh no God. idea what's going to be. But it's going to be carnage. <laughs> it's going to be carnage. So we'll see you later, Smegheads. Bye. Bye. Listening to Smegheth, the Red Wolf Podcast. Smegheth is a production of Boast Pop, and you can check out the show notes and other stuff at boastpoppodcasts.com slash smegheth. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. See you later, Smegheth.